0: Feedback or is that just me? Yeah, okay, a little bit. Some of you are like, no. Um, Luke chapter one. Can you hear feedback? No. I'm sorry. In Luke chapter one, we're just going to do an introduction today in verses one through four, and and I'm really excited about studying this uh, gospel with you guys together. Um, You know, I've shared with you many times the the way that we have the four Gospels and how Matthew presents Jesus to the Jews as king and how Mark presents Jesus to the Romans as a servant and John presents Jesus to the world as God. But Luke, what he does is he presents Jesus to the Gentiles as a man, as a perfect man. And what he does, you guys, is he presents him to us and he says, you know, this is how it's done, you know. Uh, seven times we're going to read in the Gospel of Luke that Jesus prays, you know, and it's kind of weird when you think of God praying and the Son of God praying. but what happened you know when Jesus Christ was born there on Christmas was that he laid aside his divine privileges, he never stopped being God, but he ceased to use them for his own benefit, and what he did was he showed us how a man can walk the face of the earth. You know, how a man, a regular man or woman, can actually do these great and mighty things. And that is by prayer. And that is by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, if we try to live this life on our own strength, uh, there's no hope for us. And You could always tell when you're living on your own strength because you're failing. But when you're walking in the power of God and you're walking in, as a man of prayer, as a man of the Holy Spirit, then you will not fail. You will be the man that God wants you to be and the woman that God wants you to be. And you will go out and you will do great and mighty things. You guys, and we're living in the last days. We're living in the last of the last days. And we must, I I just pray, have that conviction in our heart to walk, not in our own strength, but in the strength that God himself would provide. You see, Luke presents Jesus in that. And he says, look, at, this is what, what, what you can do. Look at my son. He's done it. He's given you an example. Now what I want you to do is I want you to follow in his footsteps. And as we go through our study, you know, it's going to be a blessing. Um, I encourage you to read ahead and to begin to uh, look at the different stories. You've got Zacharias and Elizabeth. And Lord willing, we'll look at that next week. And we're going to see... Uh, Mary and you know the way that she was such a godly young woman, and then the birth of Christ, the ministry of John the Baptist, and then we're going to get into the words and works of Jesus Christ. You know, and the truth is, you know, wherever you open up the Bible, you can preach Jesus Christ and Him crucified. The whole Old Testament is about Jesus predicted. You know, and then when you read the Book of Acts, it's all about Jesus preached. When you read the epistles, it's Jesus explained. When you read the Revelation, it's Jesus returning. But when you read the Gospels, it's Jesus manifested. You know, and that's the thing that I love uh, about reading the Gospels. And I, I want to encourage you, no matter where you're at in your devotional reading, no matter what's being taught, you know, wherever you attend church, I encourage you to always be reading the Gospels. To always be reading the life of Christ. And the cool thing is we'll be able to study it together. And my prayer is that after we go through this book and even in the process of going through it, that you and I would be like Jesus. You know, I don't want you to be like me especially, man. And I don't want you to be like him or her necessarily. My prayer is that you would be like Christ. You know, I thank God for our different personalities, but the character that we long for and the character that we desire is the character of Jesus Christ. And that's what he wants to do. That's his whole goal. If you remember there in Romans chapter 8, it says that you are being conformed into the image of his son. that that's what God wants to do in your life, is he wants to make you like him. And so as we go through the gospel together, my prayer is that you would watch and you would see Watch how he deals with sinners so graciously, so tenderly, so lovingly. Watch how he deals with the self-righteous, man, very severely. Watch how he communicates to the children and the different people. Watch how Jesus walks on earth. And then as you do, my prayer is that you would see it, and then you would go out, and you guys, and we would live it. We would be examples to this world of who God really is. Today we're just going to do an introduction and we're kind of going to learn from this guy named Luke because it's kind of cool to know who it is that wrote the book and kind of learn from the example really that he sets before us. Because look what we read in verse 1. It said, in, Inasmuch as many have taken in hand to set in order a narrative of those things which have been fulfilled among us, Just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write to you an orderly account, most excellent Theophilus, that you may know the certainty of those things in which you were instructed. Now Luke right here in verse 1 and 2, he kind of says, you know, a lot of people have already written some things and more than likely Mark has already been written and Matthew has already been written. And, you know, they were, you know, sources of individuals that were actually eyewitnesses of the ministry. He said, just, we already have like some information. He said, but in verse 3, it seemed good to me, he said, that that I want to give you another book. I want to give to you, he says right there in verse 3, an orderly account. You know, it's like he wasn't content with the things that were out there. God wanted to just stir him up in order to give him not necessarily a chronological study, but a real solid book. And we're going to see Luke was a brilliant man. He was a physician. He uses Greek terminology that are are comparable to the book of Hebrews, just excellent, excellent wording. He speaks of medical terminology. He uses dates and rulers and things like that. He just wants to really turn in a real solid report. And and notice what the the motive is right there in verse 4, that you may know the certainty of those things in which you were instructed. The bottom line is in the end, that he wants Theophilus to know how true this really is. You know, Theophilus, his name means lover of God, his name means friend of God, and so he is probably already a believer. But even believers struggle sometimes. Even believers need more. Even believers doubt sometimes. And so as he's writing this letter right here, you know, he really wants him to know the certainty of it, because when you know the certainty of it, you know, it just, it changes your life. You know, you guys, we're not just here, you know, studying some, you know, figure that was ancient, and, you know, we kind of, you know, have those doubts and disconnections and things like that. No, we're here studying and, and, and just looking into the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he really did come, and he really did die, and he really did teach, and he really did heal. And he really did love and he really did, you know, show mercy. I mean, all the things that he did and and he rose again and he sent us out. All these things are real. Because I know sometimes I feel like there are times when even my Christianity is kind of a a cloudy thing. And God says, Manny, I, I wanted to have more substance. I want you, Manny, not to be so distracted with the things of this life. I want you to know that Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. And Manny, I want you to get more passionate about the kingdom. I want you to raise up your children in the ways of the Lord so that they'll serve Jesus the best that you can. And then I want you to go out and the gifts that I've given you, and the opportunities that I've given you, and the resources that I've given you, I want you to dedicate everything to me. Everything. Because these things are true. And people really will perish apart from Jesus. And so he's writing the letter and he says, Theophilus, I really, really want you to know these things. Now, Luke is an interesting man. Like I said earlier, he's a physician. And, you know, he doesn't mention himself explicitly in the book. But when you do just a little bit of homework through simple and reasonable processes, you'll find that it is actually this guy named Luke. Now Luke, we discover in Colossians chapter 4, is actually a Gentile. So that means that he's not a Jew. And if that's the case, then when you put Luke and the book of Acts together, what you find is that he wrote the majority of the New Testament. Interesting, 28%. Of the New Testament is the Gospel of Luke and the Book of Acts put together. If you read Colossians four verse fourteen, it says Luke the beloved physician, and he's listed there amongst the the, the Gentiles, the non-circumcised. And so it's interesting, you know, coming from the Greek perspective, coming from the Gentile perspective. And, uh, you know, another thing we know about Luke is that he wrote the book of Acts. As a matter of fact, if you look at it, you'll find that Luke is chapter one of the book. And then the book of Acts, in one sense, is part two or chapter two. We read in Acts chapter one, verse one, it says, The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to both do and to teach. And so Luke is part one. The book of Acts is part two. He writes with the precision of a physician, but he writes with the heart of an evangelist. Now, in studying the gospel of Luke, we know that there are some who believe that Luke wrote this uh, to a Roman official, perhaps in the defense of Paul the Apostle. We know that Paul, the apostle, was arrested for the faith, and therefore, what ended up happening was, um, you know, maybe Luke wrote this, you know, to kind of chronicle everything that Paul believed, and so he could give it to this guy Theophilus, and you know that maybe it could be used for Paul's defense. There are some people who believe that, and it's possible, especially when you read it, you're you're like, man, it's a it's a brilliant work, but it's not probable. Uh, More than likely, Luke just wrote this for a friend. And when you think about that, it it blows you away, huh? That someone would actually take the time to do such a great work for a friend. Because that seems to be what it is. He he wrote it right there, it says in verse 3, for this guy named Theophilus. And he said, you know what? I know Theophilus. Um, more than likely, Theophilus was his former master. And in those days, it was kind of cool. If you had a lot of money, you could have your own doctor. Talk about health insurance. That's pretty cool, huh? You know, and just imagine, man, you got a you pain in your foot. Hey, wake up. Get over here. Take care of me, you know? Uh, in those days, they had their personal doctors. But apparently, somewhere along the line, uh, Luke got saved. And then, uh, more than likely, Theophilus got saved. And then as they're there and they're both praying and seeking the Lord, it's amazing because, you know, they both discover that there's more for Luke. And so what ends up happening is, they he gets called out to go and to minister the gospel out there in the highways and byways. And, you know, who knows? I don't know exactly how it happened, but somehow Theophilus, you know, says, hey, Luke, you know, why don't you hook up with this guy named Paul. He needs a personal physician because he's all messed up, you know. And he joined him on his second missionary journey and his third missionary journey. And more than likely, Luke became the church doctor, you know. So he met with Mary and got to know her story and probably met with all the eyewitnesses so that he was able to put together this incredible account. But when you look at that, you see it's such a beautiful thing that he wrote it then to give back to his master. And maybe somewhere along the road he heard that, you know, that Theophilus was struggling. Maybe even Theophilus was questioning. And so what does he do? He writes him a letter and he says, man, I want you to know how true this is. I mean, this guy was ruling and this took place. And Jesus did this and he said this. And I've talked to eyewitnesses. And Theophilus, I want you to know that the Lord can answer all your questions. You know, in looking at this, it's cool for many reasons. Because even when you look at the the name Luke, it means the bearer of light. And that's what Luke was. He was the giver of light. And we need friends like that, huh? We need friends who can help us when we're there and it's dark. And here he comes with a flashlight. Or here he comes with, you know, whatever type of light to help you, man, on your journey. You know, and that's what we are, you guys, as Christians. I want you to know that, that in one sense, we're lights. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5? He said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Do you let your light shine? Man, I pray that you would. You know, you read the Sermon on the Mount there and you see the expectations that Jesus has for us. You know, it's not easy stuff. He says to love your enemies. He says to turn the other cheek. He says if they compel you to go one mile, I want you to go two. He says these are the attitudes that I want you to have. And he mentions the Beatitudes there. And he goes on and on talking about being persecuted and so many things. And basically what he's saying is that if you live the life, not just go to the studies, but if you live the life, then you will be light. And that's what he says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. We need to be lights. Luke, his name means light bearer. If you read Philippians chapter two, it says among whom you shine as lights in this world. I mean, there's not a lot of lights out there, huh? The bottom line is, you, you know, your kids at work, I mean, at school and, you know, things going on at work and, you know, wherever you look, Outside of those who really love the Lord. And even in the church, sometimes it's hard to find a real, genuine light. But, you know, there's not a lot of lights. But as we live for the Lord and we shine for Him, you guys, God will, will, will use you to help other people. You know, and I was talking to this guy the other day, and, you know, a real simple thing. He doesn't even know the Lord, and he's searching. Uh, I think I mentioned to you guys a while back about this guy that I met at a dinner who was for the police department. And, you know, we just happened to sit next to each other, and his sister had died three years ago, and his sister was dying, was in the process of dying now, and he calls me a week later, and he said she died, and he said, I need to find a church, he said, I need to find, I'm searching for God, and I didn't want to tell him, you know, no, no, you're not searching for God, God's searching for you, he doesn't know that yet. But, you know, in talking to him, he's come to the point in his life now where he realizes that it's not about stuff. It's not about material stuff. He said, it really is about people, huh? And I said, yeah. It begins, first of all, about your relationship with God. And then right behind that on the coattails, it's your relationship with other people. How is your relationship with God? I know for a lot of you here, man, you love the Lord and you have a good, strong relationship with God. But there are some of you here who don't even have a relationship with God. You know, and I'm not saying that to beat you up. I'm saying that to tell you right here, right now, that God wants to have a relationship with you. That the one who made everything loves you. He sent his son to die for you. And that the devil has distracted you. And you're doing all this other stuff when it's all really about a relationship with God. That's where it starts. And then from there it moves on into the other relationships in life. You husbands, there you are with your wife. You wives, there you are with your with your husbands. Man, let that be a beautiful, loving relationship. Healthy and holy. And then your your kids. you got to take care of your kids. Because sometimes husbands don't love their wives or wives don't You know, love their husbands, and sometimes parents don't even love their kids. There's a lot of deadbeat dads nowadays, unfortunately. You guys, we got to do things God's way. And we enter into a relationship with Him, and then we allow those other relationships to become healthy as well. You see, we need to be lights in this world. And that's not easy, to be honest with you. Why? Because we don't have our own light. You know, They don't need you. They don't need me. They need God. Huh? I mean, if they get me, guess what they get? Poison. No offense, man, but that's who I am. And no offense, you guys are all beautiful, but if they end up with you, sorry, you're poisoning them. Okay? They need the Lord, huh? And the only way that they're going to have the Lord and the only way they're going to say His pure light is if we die to ourselves. That's really what the Bible teaches. It says that way back in the book of Judges, chapter 6, when Gideon was there, and he was going to have a, a big war with the Midianites, and, you know, this hundreds of thousands of soldiers were coming against, you know, Israel, and God stripped Gideon down to 300 men and says, this is the battle plan. What I want you to do is I want you to take a, a jar of clay, you know, a vase, and I want you to put a light inside of it and then I want you to go out to the battle. And then when I say go, then you do as I say. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to break the jar of clay and then let the light shine. And you know, you read that and you're like, that's kind of strange, Lord. You know what? I think I, I have a better idea. Why don't you break out the bazookas, okay? Why don't we do that, Lord? I, I tell you what, this, this gets some tanks. Because God, I know you're outside of time, right? We saw that with the Charlie Chaplin. I'm stuck. Never mind. Anyways, let's see. (laughs) Um, You know, God, we could think of so many other ways. And I know you could think of so many other ways. Some of us here, you know, we're Jacobs. We're manipulators. We're connivers. We're like, okay, this is the way that it's going to happen. And I'm going to get it done. And I'm going to do things my way. And God said, listen, you try to do things your way, and it's not going to work. This is what you need to do. You need to be broken. I need to break that jar of clay. It needs to be broken of its own will. You know, you're this wild stallion and you're running around and you're doing all your own thing and then one day what happens? The master comes and the master captures you and the master, he sets himself upon you and he wants to use you for his glory. But you got to be broken so that if he says, you know, right, left, stop, go, just everything he bids you to do you do. And as you're, you're broken, then you do God's will, and, and then the light shines. See, my kingdom go. His kingdom come. And that's what ends up happening with this guy named Luke. Man, He's a great example for us. He really does live up to his name. He becomes a bearer of light, but not his own light. He gives the light of the Lord and you know in looking at this this guy Luke was appreciated I'm sure uh, greatly by the Lord himself we know he was appreciated by Paul the apostle Um, remember in Colossians 4 Paul called him the beloved uh, Luke the physician and then in Philemon verse 24 he's described as a fellow laborer and he was so faithful a fellow laborer that to the very end homeboy was still with Paul he was still there we read that in 2nd Timothy chapter 4 verse 11 he said only Luke is with me and he's a great example he's someone I think we can receive from he was a faithful man who looked out even for that one friend and he worked hard to reach him you see that's the way we need to be you guys Luke was obviously a faithful man. He was faithful to God, He was faithful to Paul, and he was even faithful to his old boss, Theophilus. Here he writes to Theophilus again, whose name means friend of God and lover of God. And he writes it in order to tell him that these things are true. And this is a quick side note, and we're going to kind of wrap it up a little early today. Um, I just think it's cool how it was written. To one man, is not that kind of cool? I don't know. To, you know, of course, it, it then eventually spills over and becomes applicable to all of us. But to me, that shows me the personal God that we serve. You know, He's a very personal God. You know, even in the midst of a congregation like this, or you can be over there, and there's a thousand people, or or ten thousand people. Man, God knows where you're at. You can't hide from God, and you, you know, you can't run from God. He'll he'll pursue you because He loves you, because He died for you. Not only if you're here and you're you're not a believer, but even if you're a believer. You know, our call as a leadership and as a teacher and a pastor is to reach the lost, yes, but also to reach the church. To reach the church and to tell you that God wants to use your life. To tell you that God will help you through whatever difficulties you find yourself in because that's the God that we serve. You know, and I want to encourage you guys to know that all of us here have this awesome God. All of us. And he's taking care of us. And he's going to carry you through whatever it is that you're going through and he's going to provide for you the wisdom the wisdom that you need in whatever situation you're in. Because you got to make sure that you seek him And he'll give you the answer. And you pray and you ask the Lord and he'll show you the way. And he'll show you how to make decisions. And he'll show you how to be a good parent. And he'll show you how to serve in the ministry. And he'll do everything for you. And he'll take care of you financially. He'll take care of you emotionally. He'll take care of you physically. And he can heal you. But if he doesn't heal you, then he's got higher purposes. I mean, it's just awesome the way that God is so personal with us as a matter of fact later in Luke chapter 15 we're going to read about the lost sheep and the lost coin and the lost son and how God goes searching for the one that was lost just the one he says he leaves the 99 and he goes searching for the one and that's what we see here Luke writes to the one you know he writes to Theophilus he writes to this guy who's already a lover of God who's already a friend of God but he says there's more and I want you to believe. I want you to believe. You know, a lot, a lot of what holds us back, I think, is doubt, unbelief. And it's like God is saying, I don't get it. I've done so much in your life already. Why don't you believe? You know why a lot of times our hearts get hardened. But God wants us to believe. You know, I was sharing with the guys yesterday at the conference, you know, that, you know, you, you got to believe. I'm asking them, do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe? And, you know, everybody says, yes, yes, yes. And then the next question is, then why don't you pray? Why don't you pray? Remember what Jesus said? Keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking, and I'll answer. Remember what he said? You pray anything according to my will, I'll give it to you. Sometimes you don't have because you don't ask. And the reason you don't ask and you don't pray is because you really don't believe. You guys, look at what Jesus said. Look at what Jesus can do. I want you to know how true this is. Like never before. And I want you to pray. I want you to go out and to live. I want you to have the heart that God has. You know, Luke in his letter, one thing for sure he doesn't give God the leftovers. He doesn't give God sloppy agape, huh? That's that's for sure, man. Because notice again what he says right there. Um, it says, in as much as many have taken in hand to set in order a narrative of those things which have been fulfilled among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write to you an orderly account. More than likely in heaven, Luke, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you know, they get together every once in a while. I'll bet you, man. And I'll bet you Luke says, mine's better. I'll bet you. (laughs) He says, you know, Matthew's cool, Mark is okay, but I'm going to give you a good book. That's what he basically says, man. I want to give you the best book about the life of Christ, you know and i'm not I'm not sure about that, but I do know this that he just took everything together and he did his research and he did his interviews, and he went online and did some Google searches and all that kind of stuff man and he and he took some time and he poured his heart into it and he prayed over it, and he put it all together and remember in those days he didn't copy and paste okay there I mean he just worked really hard to give a good quality book of the life of Christ. And, and when I think about that, I think, well, that's the ministry, isn't it? That's what it's all about, you guys. Sometimes I think when it comes to the ministry, that we give God the leftovers. And, you know, I want to encourage you guys, you know, to really catch the vision from Luke. Basically, what he did is he gave God the fat of the firstborn. He gave God the best of the best. And that's what we need to do. You know, we can't be here as ushers or whatever it is and thinking, well, you know what? They're lucky I show up today. Or yeah, I guess I'll go in. No, man, we have to go in with hearts prepared. And and everything we do for ministry, you know, we give God the best. Because what ends up happening is God will bless that. Just like God blessed Luke. You know, and it reminds me of one of my favorite, favorite Proverbs, Proverbs 21, 31, the horse is prepared for the day of battle but deliverance is of the lord and you do your best to prepare the horse you train it you give it some good food man you know you give it some exercise you speak to it you wash it all up and you you know get it ready for the day of battle you do everything you're supposed to do and then trust the lord because if it's not for the lord i don't care how good you do Nothing's going to happen. But when you give God the best, the winds up happening? He comes in, and like the Gospel of Luke, God will use it. Question, who wrote Luke? Who wrote Luke? You're like, well, Luke did. Yeah, okay. Who else? God did. God did. And that's the ministry. You do your part, and he honors that. And he blesses that. And that's what we see when we read this whole book right here. I think it's going to be a total blessing just to know that God will bless this method of ministry. Now in closing, I think it's important to remember that the things that Luke writes about, and we're going to read it, Lord willing, we'll get into it next week, are things that he says right there in verse 1, have been fulfilled among us. And it's so cool, man. After 400 years of silence, the Old Testament ending in a curse, God begins to speak again. And what is God going to bring? A blessing. He brings his son. Why? To bless your life. And I just pray that no matter where you're at, whatever you're going through, some of you here are Christians, some maybe you're not, wherever you're at, today right here you would know that this is not just a church service. I don't know, know, maybe for some of you here it's your first time ever going to church or maybe you grew up and you went to Catholic church or you went to the Buddhist temple or wherever it is that you went. This is not that. This is a place where God graciously meets us and God calls us. God calls the church into a deeper relationship and God calls the hurting to a place where you can find healing. God calls us in a time like this. He sends out the invitation. And my prayer is that all of us here would respond to his love. We just yield our life fully and completely to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. It's so cool, you guys, what God is doing. And I think what he wants to do and continue to do in our life. And, you know, I know that after the conference yesterday, even though I was the one that got to teach, I'll never be the same. And after you know being with the girls yesterday and just seeing what God's doing, I'll never be the same. And I believe that that's life as a Christian, that each and every day there's opportunities for God to strengthen our faith. You know, it's kind of like, I don't know, when you tighten screws, you know, you just keep tightening a little tighter. And that's how our, our, our commitment is to the Lord. Every day, until one day, it breaks. <laughs> and you find yourself in the very presence of God. Can't wait for that day. But until then, we've got a lot of work to do. Huh? So let's pray. Father. I just thank you, Lord, so much for the gospel of Luke, Lord, for the work that you did in him. Lord, he's a light bearer. I want to be a light bearer. Father, I pray today, Lord, that if there are any here who don't know you, Lord, that today would be the day of complete and full surrender in their life. Father, I pray also for the Christian. Maybe they've been sleeping or maybe they've just been Distracted with their own pains or just hurting so much, Lord. Just forgetting, or maybe sometimes the enemy comes in to deceive us and we forget that you're there for us. You're here for us. Wherever we're at, Lord, I pray that today you would just meet your congregation and you bless them in a mighty way, Father. As we begin this journey through the Gospel of Luke and through the life of your Son, I pray, Lord that you speak to us and that you change us and that you make us, Lord, those people that would bring you glory and honor. We do love you, Lord, and thank you so much for loving us. Please, Lord, I pray, continue that work in every single person here, Father. You know, I kind of wish I could talk to every person here, but really that's not necessary as much as it is that you would talk to every person here that she would speak to them, Lord. Words that they need to hear today. We love you, Lord. We thank you. Be Amen. with us, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name.